0: what's up everyone thank you for tuning in to today's episode of tofu talk
1: for those of you who don't know us we are two asian americans with very different backgrounds that are clearly shown in our personalities
0: this is a podcast where we'll share our experiences mistakes and more that will hopefully entertain you and maybe even make you think a little
1: we hope you enjoy the episode good everybody
0: happy sunday guys Uh, on this episode today we want to share with you how different types of exercise has taught us important lessons and skills throughout the years and why
1: so we've realized that it's important to try different activities to a learn different lessons and life skills
0: and b figure out what you enjoy most importantly and what you're good at instead of just writing something off you know we listened to a podcast recently it was with our good old friends Jay Shetty and Lewis Howes, and they talked about the importance of trying new things. I think their example was, uh, or Jay's example was trying, you know, spending the next eight weekends trying something new every weekend because you don't know what you're gonna be good at. Like for example, I haven't played tennis in 15 years. I have no idea whether I'd be good or I'd be bad at it, or whether I'd do it or not. So it's trying to figure out new things um, in order to to figure out what you might be good at, or at least what you enjoy. Um, so again, today's episode, we're going to dive in and kind of go through the different stages in our lives through you know youth, through post-grad, and kind of what we've enjoyed um, doing exercise-wise, sports-wise, and the lessons we've learned. So Asia, kick it off. Let's talk about your youth.
1: Wait, that's kind of funny you said kick it off because I was going to first start off by talking about karate because that was my first and foremost sport. Um, and I started when I was six years old. I went to Ed Costas Karate Dojo in, I don't know if it's North Attleboro or Plainville, but I always thought Plainville was kind of a funny name, so I'm going to say North Attleboro. Um, but yeah, I started off in the Tiny Tigers class with my sister. And the main reason why my mom, who has always been an avid uh, karate fighter, <laughs> karate goer, um, so she got my sister and I into karate lessons when we were young, because she wanted us to learn, or at least this is what I think she wanted us to learn. May not have been what I actually learned. Um, she wanted us to learn patience, respect, culture, and I think just overall build our confidence. Um, because when you know how to defend yourself and you feel like you have that skill in the world, you have a different type of confidence that I feel like I definitely did take away from uh, doing karate at such a young age.
0: So so Asia, did you, I mean, those are some big themes or lessons to learn at such a young age. Would you say, I mean, did karate help kind of set the fundamentals or kind of set the, 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 what's the word, the foundation for those, um, those aspects of your life?
1: I think so. And I always was kind of like a pensive pretty thoughtful i would say um young kid i wasn't really that like rambunctious or like crazy kid ever um but i think karate furthermore made me just a more mindful person because it's a very quiet sport it's a very like (laughs) john's making these faces behind because you're gonna talk about football after this but it's a very mindful very personal sport yes you are learning to fight somebody else but the amount of times that we actually sparred was relatively low compared to how often we were doing katas, which are the, like, uh, I guess you could call them routines of, like, different movements all put together. So it was a, yeah, definitely the key things I learned were patience, mindfulness, respect for other people, and also for my own body, it really, you have to be in touch with your body and your breathing. That's a big part. So breathing is a very big part of karate. Um, and as we know now with the, the rise or not even the rise, but the recognition of how important meditation is, karate is a form of meditation in my eyes, because there's a lot of breathing and a lot of focus um, within it and culture in it.
0: So, um, yeah, no, I, I, I think just from thinking about karate and seeing whether it's just like youtube videos or different clips of it i, I can see how the patience really comes through within that sport now as um as a youth as a young adult did was that your favorite sport as a kid the only sport you play as a kid were there other sports you learned other valuable lessons from i guess in, in, in these younger more um, foundational ages
1: yeah so Next on the ballot, is that even next on the list, (laughs) Um, was volleyball and basketball, which I kind of did at the same time in fourth and fifth grade. And those were, like, that was so much fun for me. That was the first time that I played, um, like, team sports. And because karate is very, like, it's very solo. It's very quiet, like I mentioned before. But volleyball was just, like, it was just bursts of energy. Like it's high paced energy, um, fast moving game. So I think I really enjoyed that. So I learned from volleyball and basketball, I just learned how to have fun. And then I also learned teamwork. That was the first time I learned like what teamwork, teamwork meant. And then when I got to, um, let's see, middle school, um, then that's when I got into soccer and did more teamwork, uh, and really found it, really found it fun because I actually was learning the strategy of the game. Like when I was doing volleyball and basketball, I was just doing it for fun because it was really, really fun. But soccer was a lot of strategy. So that's what I learned from that.
0: All right. So out of these three sports, karate, volleyball, basketball, and soccer, it's four sports. Whoops, I can't count. Um, (laughs) Which one would you say was your favorite and why?
1: I think soccer was my favorite uh, because it was a combination of teamwork which made it really fun and then it also was really strategic and I felt like the whole like we would always start practice like that was when I had the most intense practices I, I was also older than when I did karate or volleyball or basketball but it was just like that feeling of the grass was just cut which you mentioned before that's like your favorite smell so the grass was just cut we'd go to um the fields and like set up and warm up like there was a whole routine to it and it was during fall time a lot of the time the <laughs> fall time a lot of the time and it was just a whole vibe to it and it was really exciting to actually have games to like really look forward to and get pumped up for so that was the first time I had that feeling of like okay like we gotta be we gotta be good so that was when I tapped into my competitive side, mm. which I'm not a naturally competitive person. I never have been, um, but I had to bring it out in myself. So that was something I had to learn. I wasn't naturally competitive. So I had to figure out like, OK, if I'm going to run and try and beat this other person to the ball, like I have to want it. Um, and so I thought that was really cool because you got to be competitive in the world sometimes. You, you Time st- and place for it
0: there's yeah there's always a time and place for it
1: i thought um, you were gonna say there's always a place for it period i'm
0: just i'm just <laughs> i'm just picturing you running up to a girl and just sly tackling her and like taking. no that
1: her <laughs> no i'm mm, occasionally
0: i mean that's what i used to do i i, I mean when i played soccer i mean, that's the, kind of the, what i used to kind of dive into
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so okay so moving on to you what were some of the sports that you played and what are the lessons that you learned when you were, let's say, I don't know how old you were when you first started your first sport? What was it?
0: Um, yeah, so my my parents got me into soccer at a really young age. I started playing, I think I was around you know, four or five. I know when I was talking to you about it, I said two, and then I showed you a photo, and I was clearly not two years old. Um, probably when I was like four or five, and I think the main reason they dove me into soccer or sign me up for it, was to make friends and, and really begin learning about teamwork, um, how to work, I mean, or, or guess, how to get along with other people. Because up until that time, I mean, as a four or five-year-old, all you're doing is, you know, butting heads at your siblings and, and being a little selfish little kid, um, wanting the toys and all the snacks in the grocery stores. But for me, um, it, it really helped me kind of develop those those abilities to work with other people. However, it kind of backflopped, um, I really fell in love with soccer and I got pretty pretty good at it. And I was pretty um, not to like two months horn as a seven year old kid, but I was pretty talented. I scored a lot of goals, um, and I ended up developing, you know, an, an ego in the sport and began playing really selfishly and um, it didn't suit me in the long run. Um, ended up kind of backfolding. I mean I had a, a lot of great friends and it was a great thing, but I mean there were games because of my selfishness we didn't do as well and and as a little kid it's you know there's kind of some, some harder things to take a look at and kind of look at yourself and be like damn like this is my fault I'm like a 12 year old kid being you know putting that weight on me but you know you have to learn at a young age too that you won't go as far as what is it you don't go as far as long as you do with other people so uh, if you want to get something done quick do it alone if you want to get something done the right way do it with others
1: nice nice.
0: Um, and then the second sport I played as a, in my youth was lacrosse. So I had this friend, Joe, uh, Joe Minicucci from Norton. Um, we became friends back in like fourth or fifth grade. And he showed me, showed me lacrosse um, and actually got me really into it, just playing, catching his backyard, letting me borrow his, his, uh, his extra sticks and stuff. And it was interesting because Norton didn't have a, um, a lacrosse team. So my parents signed me up to play for what was called Triborough. It was the three towns next to Norton, Um, made one united team that that Joe played for Um, and we you know every weekend my parents would you know sacrifice their time and they would drive me over to 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 the other towns on the weekends in in order to pick up that sport and played and in lacrosse I played defense so so to me as a young kid a I was um, able to kind of let out some more aggression because as a defenseman, you are able to hit people with your stick. Um, but really what I learned how to do as, as a defenseman was kind of learn about unity and having to move in unison as a as a unit unity unis holy, sh- holy crap. Move <laughs> as one unit with your teammates in order to uh, to succeed and have a common goal in mind. Now. Both of those sports. I have I thoroughly fell in love with and really loved playing. And I know lacrosse wasn't something that was available over in Hawaii. Am I right?
1: No, not really.
0: Um, but yeah, I mean, those, those are two unbelievable sports. And, and as a young kid, being able to bring out my competitive side at Asia knows I'm very competitive. Um, it's, uh, it's a benefit and a downfall, but, um, I think there's, there's a time and place for it. And I think that time and place in my life happens more often than it should. Um, but yeah, I think it really kind of helped me control that aggression, work with my teammates and, and truthfully, I mean, some of my friends that I played soccer with when I was four and five years old and some of my friends that I played lacrosse with from other towns when I was, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, I'm still friends with today. And a lot of them, I ended up meeting again in college and we're still good friends. So, so it's really been a, been a great experience with both of those sports. I think my parents' goal of, of me making friends through those sports really, really did pan out. Um, now I guess we can move on to the next, the next stage of our life, Asia, high school.
1: High school. Oh, the good old days. I guess I can say that now that I'm 23,
0: right? Yeah. That's not yeah. premature. No, definitely.
1: All right. So high school, high school Asia did indoor and outdoor track, um, and cross country. So two sports that I had no intention of ever doing. I actually, in my freshman year of high school, I did soccer But then my best friend actually got me into cross country because she was doing cross country and basically she like lured me over and invited me to some of the captain's practices for cross country. And I was like, okay, I'll just like, I'll just try. I'll just go. It's, it's hot, but at least I can stay in shape and then I'll be in better shape for soccer come fall. So I went to the captain's practices for cross country and then I was like, whoa, these people are cool because I think I was remembering what it felt like to only be competing against myself as opposed to being uh, competitive with other people. And in cross country, that's what it is. It's just, you are battling yourself. And it is like, I don't know what the exact quote is, but to me, it's 100 percent mental. But I think the, the more logical thing is it's, it's like 80 percent mental and 20 percent physical. But it was the most testing summer ever because we were running in the heat and we're running all through different track trails. Um, Yeah, so like on the track, doing track workouts, but then also hill workouts. And I'd never experienced anything like that. Yes, soccer is draining and tiresome, but there's an element of running for endurance that can't be matched. There's no breaks. You're, You're running against yourself. Um, but yeah, so I loved, loved, loved cross country. Um, and then I, so I started cross country when I was in, uh, Massachusetts. And then when I moved to Hawaii, it was like starting a whole new sport because a lot of cross country was actually in cold weather in Massachusetts and in the, uh, in fall time too. But then once I was in Hawaii, it was like running in different terrain. We were running in like, like the tropical environment, it was just totally different than in Massachusetts, um, and made me love it in a whole nother way too. But yeah, so I think the most
0: was it, what's up? So I'm just curious, this is me kinda of peak my interest. Peep in A I didn't I never even, like, talk to people who did co- cross-country. I just, like, didn't have friends who did cross-country.
1: Well, that's because cross-country people, like, I feel like a lot of times in high school, people are like, oh, like, cross-country, not a real sport. Like, they're just weird runners. No, no. I
0: mean, I, I never It's a th- very
1: individual sport.
0: Yeah, why. yeah. And I never thought that for me, it was just everybody who did cross-country just it kind of intimidated me. I was like, how the hell are these people running? You know, how, how far do you guys run? It's like 5Ks? Like, it's just every... Like, for all your well, meets, like, or are they farther?
1: Well, we would switch it up. Sometimes we do, like track workouts so we we'd be only on the track doing like mile repeats 800s Mm -hmm. 400s trying to build up our speed but then other days we'd go for like long casual runs like a seven miles 10 miles it really depended
0: what were the competitions though Like what were your meets
1: oh meets we'd have them every saturday
0: how what was the distance
1: oh the distance was 3.2 miles so five years Mm -hmm. okay
0: gotcha um, cause yeah, for, I mean, th- the idea of running that far when I was in high school was like, I'd rather do anything but that. So like these people were just like super fit, super fast runners. You Like I'd watch them run all, all, all the time and running at that distance was always intimidating. So I was very curious and wow, running in that weather, so hot and humid. Like how did you kind of, what did you do, I guess, to learn to, to run in that?
1: I think at the time I was... I was young, right? In high school, you eat whatever you want. You're usually okay, right? You don't really have to worry too much. Drink water. But the main thing I think was I was running, like I would run on my own during summers when we didn't have practices or like before captain's practices had started. But I realized when I started to run on my own, I realized that I was actually doing this because I loved it. Not because anyone was forcing me to, not because anyone was pressuring me or I felt like my teammates were relying on me. Yes, in cross country, it is a team sport at the end of the day and you compete as a team. Um, So there is that slight pressure, but there was something about maybe this is just my cross country teams, but we it truly felt like a family. Um, and you spend so much time together. I'd get home like late, and then I'd do my homework. But I also knew everyone else was in the same boat, and like it's that soreness and tiredness. But you're like, I also got sunburned. You just felt depleted, but also amazing at the same time every single day. And it was so crazy to get home and be like, I'm gonna do this literally tomorrow, and the day after, and the day after that, um, and then I'm gonna race on Saturday. So it was just so mind-boggling especially going from like i guess soccer and other sports where i never felt as depleted like physically and mentally depleted as i did after cross country and track
0: out of the two which is your favorite it sounds like you you lean harder towards cross country yeah
1: definitely cross country indoor uh and outdoor track and field i always did the running um, sports what
0: were your yeah I was asked what were your um, races you, or what were your? It events? was
1: usually like 400 relays or 800s but um, sometimes I did the longer ones, but usually it was 400 or 800. Those were more competitive and more intimidating to me whereas I liked the endurance running. It gave me more time to actually catch up if I needed to. It gave me more time to get into my flow whereas I felt like the other, also indoor and outdoor track there were always tons of people watching as opposed to cross country you're going through the the uh trails nobody can see you in there and i felt more like comfortable with cross country um and yeah but yeah so anyways you can probably hear the passion in my voice right now i like i like cross country
0: it sounds yeah it sounds like you really loved the sport it Mm -hmm. seems like you you learned a lot about yourself through the sport I guess what what I say, what would be your uh, main lesson learned from your physical activity that you did in, in high school?
1: You can push yourself harder than you think. You can actually do more than you think. Never would I ever have thought that I could run 10 miles. Why? I don't know why else I would have tried that. But that just goes to show from at the beginning of this podcast, we talked about trying something before you write it off. I would same as you, I would think of like runners and cross country as like, whoa, I can I can't do that um, until I actually tried it. And so that's a key thing with anyone. If you have a slight interest in a sport or in an activity, what's the harm in drawing? Like you never know what could happen. But anyways, jumping over to you, what was your high school sport experience like?
0: Yeah, um, I would say I think my high school experience um, athletic wise was was a little more intense. Intense. Sorry. geez, Choking there a little more intense and maybe maybe some other people just because of how I came into it. Um, So when I was in middle school and then entering high school, I was extremely, extremely overweight. For those who didn't know, I was, you know, 14, 15 years old, weighing about like 215 pounds, talking five foot five, five foot six, extremely unhealthy. But um, you were
1: doing lacrosse,
0: yeah. I was playing fifth grade, exactly. But so, so it's funny. So in regards to soccer, <coughs> excuse me, I'm, I'm struggling over here. Um, in regards to growing up playing soccer, um, you know, I ran. What happened to me was I had a really good shot in soccer, right? So, so I would try to do what a lot of you guys known as cherry pick, which means you kind of sit the offensive side you don't really chase the ball down on defense you kind of just stay on offense all the time stay near the goal make sure you don't go off sides, and then just shoot the ball um, i didn't run a lot and i was shooting overweight but i had a good shot so my coach still let me get out there in the field and play um, and i was pretty good so i made the a team in eighth grade there was planning on playing when i got to high school um, and then on the lacrosse aspect um, again i played defense and, and if you ever went to a lacrosse game in, in middle school you tend to notice all the guys who play defense are generally the ones who are more to shape the ones who are in shape are the ones who are playing midfield. The ones who are out of shape tend to be on the defensive side. And that's not that's not all the time because you know, the best athletes that played in my high school team were, were all defensemen. And, and I was in really good shape my senior year playing defense. But back in middle school, was a lot of the, the more overweight guys played defense. So, again, I entered high school, you know, very overweight, um, planning on playing soccer. But kind of the unique thing that happened was my brother, Ray, he played Football. So he started playing football um, when he was in high school, and then he kind of got me into that um, because he loved the sport, but more importantly, he told me that from a social aspect, so in regards to popularity, which is something that, looking back at, I think is very funny um, now that I'm older and ma- more mature, but back in back in high school, popularity was kind of an important thing, at least to, to, to me, was... And he told me that it would benefit me to quit soccer and join the football team. Just because of the town we lived in, football tended to have a higher social hierarchy than, than the soccer team did. Um, so obviously, as a young, naive kid, lacked confidence, you know, I made that switch to football. Um, but I don't regret it. You know, I learned a lot about myself through the sport. I played um, all four years, and, and I realized I was actually pretty good at it. Um, it took a lot of extra work to kind of get up to speed with some of the kids who've been playing their whole lives.
1: Real quick, were you nervous after being super good at soccer and comfortable with soccer to have to try out with a new sport? Like, had you played football before? Um, Before high school when you tried out?
0: No, so I never played football. I, I knew the sport. I was always a huge fan of of the good old Patriots, and I always followed the sport. And leading into, I guess, in 7th and 8th grade, you know, hanging out with, with Ray and his friends who were you know, freshmen and sophomores in high school, we'd play backyard football all the time. We'd play tackle football without pads on, and, you know, go to the field and play all the time. So I started to, to like the sport, um, but little then I realized that it'd be much different than playing backyard football. You know, I was playing, when I started my freshman year, I was playing offensive and defensive line because I was such a, an overweight kid. Um, that's just kind of where they, where they put me, they needed me to be, be in the pits. Um, and that's really where, where I ended up thriving, thankfully. Um, and you know, from football, you know, what I really got out of it, a was that, or I guess coming into a new sport is that I had to realize that I had to put in the work to catch up. Right. So it wasn't just going to be handed to me. Like, like I, I felt like I was pretty naturally good at soccer. Football was a completely different game because you have to learn plays. You have to learn so much strategy in football, different terminologies, like all these different things that I didn't know before. So I'm going home on the weekends or on you know school nights, googling, learning, asking Ray questions, and trying to learn this this information.
1: Were you playing on the same team as Ray? Um, ever no.
0: so my uh, my sophomore year, I was I was on JV, but we got to like, dress with the varsity kids, and I was on varsity, so I got to watch I Ray see. play, which is, was really cool. Um. But, you know, countless days in the weight room from that, you know, watching film, captain's practices. There's a lot of time spent with your teammates outside of just practice. So, to me, football taught me were two things. A, you know, no one's, uh, I guess, you know, nothing's going to work unless you do. You have to be able to show up every day and, and put in that work and that extra effort in order to catch up when you're trying something new or kind of behind. Um but what it really showed me was, and this is what everyone's going to say when we talk about football, is kind of the brotherhood aspect of it. I mean, again, hours at camp in the summer, captain's practices in the gym, in the weight room, at practice, before, after. You know, it's, it's just tons of hours being spent with those same guys and really helps develop, you know, a lot of those a lot of those relationships. Um, and now, in regards to, I guess, the, the part for, for high school that was, I guess, I think it's more important was lacrosse, just because I. Love the cross, right? And, and similar to football, um, new new team, new sport, uh, or sorry, new team, same sport, but new town, new teammates. Um, and Foxborough was a absolute lacrosse powerhouse, so I was nervous as heck going to Foxborough to play lacrosse, just thinking I wasn't good enough. I was like, oh my god, I'm going to be the first kid to not make the freshman team in Foxborough. Like, meanwhile, you know, you're just just being super nervous. a I was out of weight, out of shape. B, I wasn't the best lacrosse player, like, like skill wise. It was you know, much different than, um, than, you know, I used to play in middle school because it was so much fun, but, but here in high school, it's so competitive being at a school like Foxborough and, and having a coach like Coach Noon. Um, so for me, I guess the two things I want to teach, tell you guys about, about lacrosse was first off, after my freshman year, me and my, my good friend, Chris Loftus, you know, Chris, mm-hmm. um, we spent the entire off season, summer and winter, literally be snow up to our ankles, just playing catch you know, we do it a thousand passes right handed, a thousand passes left handed until it was freezing outside so that we could make the varsity team, just so that we we we, we wanted to do it. We wanted to be on that varsity team. We love the guys and we wanted to be able to kind of contribute to that winning culture. And then after my sophomore year, I was still extremely overweight, I asked my coach, um and and it was, you know, how I could meaningfully contribute to the team and, and to be honest, it was uh, some cold-hearted truth uh, that he told me, but he told me that I would have to drop, you know, a significant amount of weight in order for me to be faster, so I would be less of a liability on defense. So picture this, a picture of this a fifteen-year-old kid and I, have, you know, my coach, he's a great guy. I don't know how old he was back then, but you know, telling me, "Hey, John, you gotta you gotta drop the pounds, bro. You gotta you gotta get in shape, man." Mm-hmm. Um, and that's exactly what I did. I lost like I think somewhere like thirty to forty pounds that off season, and I was able to play the next year.
1: Do you think that that's, I'm just thinking about it as, I don't know, as a female or what, just as a human, if somebody had said that to me, especially my coach, like my cross country coach had told me that I would be pretty, I'd be pretty hurt or I'd feel a lot of things. How did you feel when you were told that by your coach? I'm sure he, or I don't know, did he say it in a nice way as with the idea of like, I mean, you asked him what you could do.
0: I was ready to hear anything, right? And I think the thing was is that the answer he gave me wasn't a surprise, right? Lacrosse is a sport where you have to be able to run. You have to be fast, quick, athletic, and I wasn't. So for me to ask him, hey, how do I get in the field more? I think it was, I, was, I just needed to hear him say it. Um, and that's what it was. It was, it was, it was, a, you know, it was definitely a wake-up call uh, in regards to that but it means a huge impact i mean that's that was kind of the turning zone for me to kind of getting that more fitness oriented mindset and kind of getting in shape so
1: do you think that if he hadn't told you that would you have worked so hard to lose weight i
0: don't know honestly i i don't know because in football i played a position where you need to be big so it was interesting going back to football the next season my coach is like johnny what Like what? What are you gonna do? Like, how am I gonna put you at center when you're only 160 pounds? And I was like, and I told him, I go, Coach, I'm tough. And then he put me at center at 160 pounds, and I got smoked. But it was fun. (laughs) Um. So yeah, I don't know. I I know it was a long ramble, but my my athletic career at you know in high school. Um. But I think you know it didn't really like to do a lot with the wins and losses. And we had a lot of wins and losses and, and you know, a lot of championships and, and horrible seasons. Um, but it was just more about the people I surrounded myself with. Just as you said about how you thought cross country was very family oriented. I think that just has something to do, not just with the sports you're playing, but just being in high school, everyone going through the kind of the same aspect, the same, um, same difficulties, having to go to practice, having to wake up early, then go and do homework. It just puts you all kind of in the same bucket of, bucket of crap that you just have to have to sift through and and get out of um but yeah enough of me rambling about that Asia, let's dive into college
1: all right college so college i did not do any sports i decided at the end i was pretty tired after my cross country and track career i was like nah i just want to enjoy college um especially for the social aspect and i knew i was gonna be studying biology and Hopefully pre-med, which (laughs) thankfully didn't happen. But yeah, so I was like, okay, well, I have my running for my passion for running. So I'm going to be out in Connecticut. I'm sure there's going to be lots of space to run. So that's what I did. I just I ran. And I also because I wasn't I had to create my own structure. And that was the that was actually one of the biggest things I learned in my freshman year um, was creating my own structure specifically for physical health and ultimately mental health because I think that they tie, tie together uh, very well, especially when you're under a lot of stress with school. So running was my outlet. And along with running, I actually started to dabble in weightlifting for the first time and then also dabble in yoga for the first time. So those are two new things for me. Um, and I, at first was like, okay, I'm just doing this just for physique purposes. I just want to build some muscle, maybe look less like a scrawny runner and actually have some muscle on me. So that was where like the desire came from the motivation. Um, and it was intimidating, intimidating at first going to the gym. Of course, when you don't know what you're doing, there's other people around, there's people. You always think everyone's looking at you. Yeah, there's like these meatheads. I'm like, okay, well, I just I just went vegan. Like, I probably look like I, I am vegan, but it was just because I was a runner. So, um yeah, so I got into weightlifting. I really liked it. I liked the mental aspect. Again, it was similar to cross country where I was battling myself and I liked that. And I liked that I could see myself in the mirror when I was picking up the weights and I was like, it's me and you, buddy. We're the only ones here right now. And you can just tune into your music or podcast or whatever, and just zone out. And I, I can see why so many people love weightlifting because it's a way to tune out from the world and from your life, um, and just have that hour in the gym. And then you get out of the gym, you're back in the world, back to the, um, back to the work. But it's a good getaway. And yoga, it also so. Yoga was a little bit different. It wasn't it didn't make me feel as like hyped up as weightlifting felt because there's a certain power you feel when you feel stronger, right? Yoga, it was definitely more of a mental uh mental clarity for me. So, I kind of lost the whole mindfulness journey when I was in high school. I wasn't thinking about that. I was just having fun with my friends. But in college, I was a lot more on like a solo track. Yes, I was meeting people and I was making friends, but I was also in Connecticut where I didn't know anyone. I was meeting people who I like, I just was, I was new to everything. So there were a lot of solo moments. So yoga was my way to kind of ground myself um, and feel just good, feel good, not for any purpose of um, of looking a certain way, but really was more mental for me. So that was really cool.
0: So Asia, you talked about, um, your time at Connecticut, college. What about at Simmons? Did you just bring over these three? Now I'm curious, I know you're talking about how you enjoyed doing them and these were new things, not running per se, but with weightlifting and yoga, did you bring those when you transferred to, to school here in Boston? Do you bring those over? Did you find that you love them more when you got here? If you love them less, did you get rid of some of them and keep doing some of them
1: so i know i keep saying i love running but i loved running even even more when i got to boston because running in boston is like no other and you've been able to see this as well so that was also my um that was my fun fun thing to do when i wasn't studying or doing like college activities and stuff um but yeah running along the esplanade the charles river in boston running through cambridge seeing all the cool like the harvard campus mit campus it was like out of a movie for me so it brought on a whole element of falling in love with a city as well um so i i always recommend people whenever they're moving somewhere new run it's honestly the most the funnest way to get to know your surroundings and it's different than just driving around in a car it gives you like a hands-on experience with where you are um and yeah so that's kind of my thing whenever i get to a new city or get somewhere i love to go for a run it's just so much fun
0: um and sorry one thing i wanted to check in on earlier you talked about weightlifting as well and, and obviously being new in the gym um and just from my experience as a weightlifter um it's always interesting seeing people who are newer to weightlifting because some of them are you can just tell if they're unfamiliar i mean a little mm-hmm, uncomfortable mm-hmm. um but i love seeing those people show up day in and day out and continue to learn and grow what were you doing to learn about weightlifting was it youtube videos was it it was friends friends okay
1: yeah so uh during my um during the summers when i'd come back from Uh, college my friend Mac McLean and I would go to the YMCA I'd also go with my other guy friends sometimes I'd go with some of my girlfriends it was honestly a social thing too it was just kind of (laughs) fun to go to the gym and work out and be with friends Um, but then I also realized okay I'm just going on my own now Um, and that was when I realized oh it's even more fun Um, but yeah it's a learning process and I don't know what made me stick with weightlifting, but I think it was just like, you can see the immediate progress. It doesn't take too much to see like progress, at least the initial progress when you're like a string bean and then you start weightlifting, like you're going to see progress. Obviously it's going to, there's going to be times where you plateau, but at least in the beginning when you have literally like no muscle, um, you can see the differences and that was what propelled me forward. So, um, Yeah, seeing the progress is a big thing, but...
0: So lesson from college, one takeaway.
1: One takeaway from college, I think it's... You have to do things that make you feel good. And you have to do that. So running, it just made me feel good. Yes, it was painful, but I just did it for fun. I wasn't competing. I wasn't on a team. And I think that's a big thing when people go to college, it might be the first time where they're not part of a team, not part of a structured organization where they have to be at practice, where they have to be at a game, they have to be working out. And I think that's when you truly can dive into what actually is fun to me when it comes to physical exercise. And for some people, maybe it's just going for a walk. Maybe that's, um, maybe that's dancing. Maybe that is like just stretching in the morning, but regardless of what it is, just finding something that can be a consistent, and that's a key word, consistent part of your life will bring you so much joy. And that's something only you can find for yourself. And that's a big thing I learned about exercise in college. I love it. All right, your turn. Jump in.
0: College. First off, I love that. That's, I agree with you. Consistency is, is everything when it comes to physical activity, when it comes to, to health, whether it's mental, physical, spiritual, life in general. If you're going to do anything in life, you need to be consistent with it, first and foremost. Um, diving into, I guess, my college experience, um, I went and played lacrosse my freshman year at Bridgewater State. Um, wasn't planning on playing there. I was kind of just taking a um, like, like, like a leap year while I was um, on the wait list for UMass Amherst. I had to go there and get my grades up, so my plan wasn't really to play there. But um, I ended up somehow showing up to to that that meeting the first night to uh, to learn more about the lacrosse program. After going to it, they wanted to do a little bit of uh, of a uh, of intro team building exercise. It ended up just basically being a giant party at the Lax House, um, and I realized that when I was there, at Bridgewater the lacrosse team um, was great. In, in all aspects, we had a great coach, great captains, great seniors. Um, but it was more about the the actual brotherhood experience. Again, I know I'm bringing it back to that, but you know, I was at a school. I guess when you enter your freshman year, as, as most of you were aware of, as you're aware of, it's, it's hard to make friends. It's hard to, to meet people, get out of your comfort zone. You know, you just spent the last you know 20 years with people that you've, you know, you've grown up with, and, and now you're in a new environment with with new people. So, being able to kind of um, have this thing that i'm always already good at and already spent my whole life working on as a bonding experience with other people was was really nice um in order for me to kind of uh create those friendships um and yeah it was awesome i mean bridgewater i know kind of had a history of not being that that you know a great team but we had a great freshman class we went in there ended up with a with a um undefeated season till the championships which kind of stunk we lost in the finals um to a really good university from long island but that was that was an amazing year. Um,
1: and I'm just curious, why did you because it seemed like in high school, football, lacrosse, you were a huge sports guy in high school. How come when you got to Bridgewater, you weren't planning to continue being part of a team sport?
0: Good question. Um, so I was a for college football. I was too small to play anywhere. Right? I only ever played offensive line.
1: You're uh, so small. You just <laughs> so
0: mean to me sometimes. Um, I yeah, I was five foot six, 160 pounds, trying to play center. It's not realistic. Um, and then even for, even for college sports, I mean, I was pretty undersized. I played um club lacrosse. So That's like that's basically like uh, like a to tr- like be like, you to try out like a like a private team basically for summer tournaments oh, and dang. stuff to get college exposure. So I had a lot of um letters and and colleges, you know, having me come and do want to do overnights and do you know stays with them to try to figure out. You know whether it'd be worth it to go pay you know fifty grand to, go to this D three school no one ever heard of so to play lacrosse, and a lot of it didn't make sense to me, um, or at least wasn't even a, a, an actual possibility because it was too expensive. Um, so I ended up going to Bridgewater again because I wanted to go to UMass. UMass was a great state school, had a great business program, which is what I was looking to study, and I got waitlisted. So that's how I ended up at Bridgewater, and then Bridgewater had a great um, club program. Hopped on there. Uh, ended up having just a tremendous year um, starting as a freshman and really having just, just a great season with great guys. The second year, and this was a hard decision because I had so much fun at Bridgewater, was actually leaving. So I, I did get into UMass because um, I put in the effort and I studied. But having to make the decision to leave those guys behind to go to UMass was was honestly heartbreaking. Remember when I, when I went to UMass the first few months, I just missed everyone at Bridgewater a lot. and It was a difficult situation. Um, but I knew that in the long term, for my career and for my future, I'd probably be better off over at over at UMass and at uh, their business school, which I didn't even get into. Um, we'll come we'll with that later.
1: Story for another time.
0: But um, but when I was at UMass, yeah, this kind of goes in relation to what you said. Right? So I'm at UMass. If you guys know of UMass, twenty five thousand kids. I wasn't gonna be playing sports there. Um, all Division One sports had you no know, those. You know, I had one of my friends from high school actually played there, but he was unbelievable. There was no way I was playing on any of those teams. Um, so what I kind of fell in love with, um, just from my high school experience, at, at, you know, weightlifting for football and the cross was I got back into to, to lifting and and lifting for strength. So um, this kind of helped because at the time Ray, like my brother Ray, was really getting intensely into into powerlifting as well. So we'd share different information and. And what powerlifting is if for those you aren't aware of, it's basically your three main lifts. So it's your bench press, your deadlift, and your squat, and trying to get those three totals to be as high as possible. So um, I really started falling in love with that. At the same time, I went to to the zoo, UMass, Party City. It was obviously a big party school, so I spent a lot of time, spent a lot of time um, you know, doing those extracurriculars, um, and then you know, my my exercise would felt I mean it became you know. My second, third, fifth, tenth priority. Mm. So there were a lot of you know months at a time where I wouldn't be working out doing really any physical exercise at all.
1: Real quick, I just want to jump in because I think that's a really good thing you're bringing up that exercise, I know we that's the topic of today's podcast, but sometimes it might not be your first and foremost priority. And that is a okay. Mm-hmm. And I think we can often get down on ourselves when we're not being physically active. But hey, if you're you're in the heat of studying for an exam or you're in the heat of preparing for a job uh, interview, like prioritize that and bump down the exercise. So I just wanted to pop in here and say that because I think it's okay that you weren't necessarily prioritizing that aspect of your life and you were instead prioritizing on enjoying the friendships, the college life, because that's something you'll never get back. You can always exercise in your life.
0: Agreed. Um, looking back, yeah,
1: like a little bit too much, maybe?
0: Yeah, a, a lot of it too much. I mean, if i looking back at it, I mean, A, I know we preach nowadays, you know, wake up every day, try to move around a little bit, try to be, get active because it puts you in a better space mentally. Um, and I wish I was doing that more when I was in college. But it's tough when you're going to bed at 4 in the morning and waking up for, you know, a 9 a.m. class. And Why, why and then, are you
1: going to bed at 4 a.m.? Just
0: a good time. Just a good time. Um, good time studying? Yeah, good time studying late in the library. Nice. But, so, yeah. So, good job. So, <laughs> thanks. So, I got really out of shape when I was at UMass. Uh, up until about my, about my second semester of my junior year, I fell back in love with powerlifting competitively, um, began following routines, started tracking macros, really kind of going into that me head mode almost. Um, when I, I saw another kind of drastic transition physically, I lost about another 20 pounds or so, got a lot, a lot stronger. Um, and it was great to really see, again, how if you have a routine, if you like, pr- I, I what happened to me there is I prioritized my fitness over I didn't I d didn't drink, I didn't go out. I kinda cut all of that out of my life and went into the the other the other side of the spectrum. Crazy That's pretty – very drastic.
1: Drastic from especially when you're at Zoomass, you know, like how do you how do you zone out like that when all you wanna do is hang out with your friends?
0: So what happened was I switched majors and I actually had to take seven classes to catch up. So I had a huge workload and I was like, if the only way I'm gonna get through this workload is by stop going out and focus on kind of some other stuff.
1: Why did you switch your major?
0: Because um, I didn't get into the business. This is going back to I didn't, get, oh, I didn't get into the business school. I had to do uh, economics instead. Okay. So yeah, I had to kind of catch up in that aspect. I knew that I just had to focus and grind it out for one semester. I'd, I'd be okay. So instead on those Friday and Saturday nights, instead of going out, I was going to the gym or I was studying or staying inside or just doing these other physical things. Um, that, that definitely helped and kind of just showed me that if i put my mind to anything i can achieve it and it was interesting to see because that semester was the only semester i had uh, a good gpa actually i got a 4.0 not, mm. you know my gpa was really bad guys in college but at a 4.0 there
1: you were taking seven classes
0: mhm
1: holy yep smokes.
0: so I had a 4.0 and i and i got in shape which is great and then senior year came around and, and fell went down, I went down <laughs> the drain again um but college is interesting cuz as you were saying it's it's not about i mean Physical routines and physical activity is amazing, but it is important to prioritize other aspects of your life. Like Your exercise and your physical activity isn't everything, but we will still continue to preach to this day. something that we recommend getting outside and doing each and every single day Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. some aspect. Um, Last but not least, let's dive into our post-grad. What are we doing now? What is our routine now? What does our exercise look like now?
1: Whatever I want.
0: Oh, yeah? Anything you want.
1: Honestly. Okay. So this is where I'm at right now. Uh, especially, I mean, we should note that we are still in quarantine right now. Um, this is where are we October? Yeah. So I think everyone has had to develop uh, a new system or a new way of working out or getting active. And I have definitely had to do the same. So I've uh, been really just trying to find new ways to uh, work my body without a gym because I, I don't have one. Um, and so I've been using resistance bands, I, which I never have used before, um, and just some free weights and trying out some HIT workouts. I really just been like looking up things on YouTube, which I'm sure a lot of you folks have been doing, going for my usual runs. Um and yeah, just trying different things. Um, I definitely ha- am working out for, like, the feeling that it gives me. I'm not necessarily going for any specific, uh, like, weight or fitness goal. I'm just working out because it feels good, Um, especially for mental health-wise. It's super good for that, and yeah, I'm just kind of in love with where I'm at right now with exercise and having it be a part of my daily activity, uh, whether it's waking up in the morning, doing a workout then, or maybe I'll do it at the end of the day. So I have kind of given myself that flexibility with, based on my mood, when do I want to work out? And this is a unique time where we can do that, or some of us can do that with the work-from-home schedule schedule. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I have a short one <laughs> there for post-grad.
0: Has that helped? Do you think the, the flexibility, has that helped with your consistency with your workouts? or, or I mean, you're saying you don't have a goal in mind, so I guess there's no progress you're working towards other than mentally how it's making you feel every day. Like, do you think you're feeling better every day now because of the exercise you're doing?
1: Yes, I definitely think so. And as far as consistency, I work. I do do some do do I do some (laughs) kind of activity you're
0: a 10 year old (laughs) Uh,
1: about I like every day at at least even if that's just going for a long walk with my dad or whether that's doing some uh, abs and like stretching in the morning so getting physically active at least once a day Um, it depends on the day maybe I want to do a more rigorous workout I want to do mile repeats around my tiny neighborhood so there's that but or i'm gonna do like resistance band workouts to grow the glutes if i can um but yeah so i guess as far as consistency i think because i developed the love and i've ingrained it so much into my into my life at this point in my life that uh it's not too much of an effort to incorporate exercise into my life and that's not for. Uh, I mean, I understand that's not where everyone is at, and there's other aspects of my life where I have to make a huge effort to put it into my schedule every day. That comes naturally to other people, you know. So, I think we all just have different focuses, but we can all develop um, habits to incorporate into our lives. So, what about you? What are you? Uh, what are your goals? If you have any specific goals right now for uh, exercise for fitness for consistency um, and what's your what's your exercise looking like these days
0: um, yeah so a in regards to your creating habits that's awesome I mean as we've said in, our, in past podcasts creating habits and creating good habits is everything um, especially when you can work them into your routines on a daily basis and, and most probably that, that it makes you feel good because nothing else matters more than than feeling comfortable confident feeling just good in your own bodies Um, so yeah, I guess for, for me, post-grad, you know, I spent the last two years, I guess I'm saying the last two years, let's say back from before quarantine, the last two years really just trying to get comfortable in, as an adult. I mean, I didn't really care about my health and that's not true. That's not saying I didn't go to the gym. I mean, I still have Snapchat stories of me waking up at 5am to go to the gym and work out back when we first started dating when I was just trying to like impress you. Um, but I mean, I got pretty out of shape. Just because I, the main thing that I wasn't consistent. I was going to the gym two, maybe three days a week. Even though I had time to go, I just didn't. I was lethargic. I was lazy. I was working a lot, and I was working in the city, which is difficult to to take the train in the morning at six a.m. Worked all day. Take the train back at seven p.m. at night, and then try to go to the gym at you know eight at night. But it was there. I had the opportunity. I just didn't put the, put. I didn't prioritize it. I didn't make it consistent, or didn't make it a goal of mine. So again, me getting back out of shape happened. And this seems like a pretty consistent thing that's been going on. And this is all because I realized that I haven't had the good habits in place. For me, it was a lot of like, I'm going to crush it and then relax and crush and relax rather than creating things that I enjoyed doing and was able to kind of do on a consistent basis. And that's what I really learned through this quarantine. So At the beginning of quarantine, actually, a um, a buddy of mine from work recommended that I read this book by David Goggins called "Can't Hurt Me," and I've preached about him on Instagram a lot. But what he talks about, one of the lessons in the book is is talking about um, doing something uncomfortable every day. So for me, that actually started off by by running. So just before that started, quarantine began. And I had to, my goal was to do 10,000 steps a day, right? I wasn't in the office anymore. Um, I didn't have to commute to the office. I didn't have, you know, just the fun walks around the office during lunch and, and during, you know, post-lunch and coffee and all that kind of stuff. We used to do do kind of laps doing.
1: I feel like that made a big difference when you weren't commuting into the city and you didn't have to have that, what, hour and a half commute morning mm-hmm. and evening. That freed up a lot of time to get a workout in.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, my commute, I guess, from from here though, was only like half an hour. Oh,
1: but yeah, I meant more when you were working um, a, earlier.
0: Yeah, 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 dev- so much more time to to go to the gym and kind of prioritize that, and then, um, but yeah, once quarantine kind of started, it was like ten thousand steps a day is my kind of my, my first goal, and then I got bored and was like, hey, I, I'm, I'm kind of tired of doing these walks, to get them in. Like, let's just start running, cause I can get them done faster and then one efficiency and then yeah exactly and then i started reading that book and i realized that i've never liked running like i told you all these stories right about me as a youth being fat and hating running in soccer hating running lacrosse never enjoyed running even when i was getting in shape for lacrosse in in high school i mean i would be in my backyard and instead of doing distance runs i would put like shoes in my backyards in a square and just run x's and o's around them hours because I hated... I'd rather sprint than run distance. I hated it. I hated it.
1: I think that goes hand in hand with your personality.
0: Seriously. I mean, it's... You're 100% right. I mean, (laughs) I hated gym class miles in high school. I hated... You know, for lacrosse, every day we start off with a three-mile run, and the, ca- the captains wouldn't lead. And then what they would do every day is run over this baseball field, and we'd all have to jump over this fence. And I was the one kid who couldn't jump over the fence, so I'd run the long way around the fence. And then I was lost, and I'd be by myself in the way back, miles behind the rest of the kids. Oh, no. So I hated running. End of mm-hmm. story. I hated, mm-hmm. I hated, hated running.
1: I think most people do until they... Mm. I think usually it was, people dude, do hate running
0: I mean I hated running even the beginning of quarantine I was really yeah. again it was something that was very uncomfortable to me and uncomfortable in multiple ways it was uncomfortable because A I wasn't good at it it was uncomfortable because B I thought I was well, I was out of shape and I hated the fact that when I ran my body jiggled up and down and people were looking at me it was uncomfortable physically mentally I, I just did not enjoy it but I knew that it would make me stronger mentally by getting through it it didn't matter about the whole physical aspect and even now I thought the physical aspect that I'm focused on really has been the mental battle. Um so yeah I started running every day and, and right now for for those of you who haven't I guess who don't know, I've been training for my first marathon. Um so I <laughs> So what I've been doing this quarantine um is is yeah is endurance training. So I've been running a lot. Um still been going to the gym about five days a week as well because what I've learned is that lifting weights is really great for injury prevention. Um, but I'm averaging, you know, 100 to 120 miles a month, trying to increase that as I aim for my first marathon. Um, and again, I think the reason why and what I've learned, I guess, from this aspect is is all about the consistency. Because I've been doing the four, five, six, seven plus miles a day, where it's just insane to see the progress um, in regards to how, if you stay consistent to a goal, how much easier it gets. Because I a now I love running. B it's super fun and it's super it feels super easy. I just generally enjoy it. So, um, but going back to the beginning of this podcast, right? We talked about, again, what Jay Shetty and Lewis House talked about in regards to trying new things. And if I never tried running, I'd never learn all of these things about myself. I would never learn how to push myself farther than I ever could have imagined doing. I never would have been able to. Um, realize I, that I truly love running and I love mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have been able to see the city I love and I live in I wouldn't been able to learn all these things mm-hmm. I guess you were lucky and you you enjoyed running so you learned about it much earlier in your life
1: well I mean I I was same as you I didn't think I would like running until I did it mm-hmm. but yeah definitely it gives you it gives you a new perspective of places that you live in because you just see it in such a different way when you're running
0: it's just a different sport. I mean, think it's it's you, at your shoes and it's the road. There's,
1: exactly. There's nothing. There's, there's nothing. nothing else. I mean, there's cars that could hit you when you're running. But like, OK, let's not talk about that.
0: All right. So Asia, let's wrap it up. Let's read off um, a couple of these last takeaways for the yes. folks.
1: So we really want to provide you folks with some stories because um, who doesn't like to hear some stories? But also like some key takeaways here that we're trying to get across is that you got to give yourself a chance to try different types of exercises before you write them off. And I think it's easier to, it's always easier to quit um, before actually giving yourself a running chance um, with like figuring out if, yeah, you're going to be bad at anything you try first. Maybe there will be those fluke times where you're really just naturally good at something, but more times than not, you're going to be pretty sucky at them. And that's just where the you have to dig deep or have some other motivation, uh, whether that's setting a goal for yourself, whether that's reading a book that something just resonated with you in that book, like how it did for you, John, whatever it may be, and hold on to that. And that will drive you every morning, every evening to go out, whether you're tired, whether you have a lot of homework to do. That's what will get you through the tough times when you're not good at it and lead you into those times where you can then become more comfortable and it becomes more easy
0: um first off holy woke yeah just i i feel like i want to go run through a wall right now like thanks for sharing <laughs> we that. can
1: go for a run later after this
0: that was absolutely that was wow i feel like oh my god i feel touched thank you thank you second takeaway and, and you're right um, with everything you said in regards to why we wanted to share this, these experiences, we wanted to share relatable stories with you all. I'm sure many of you played the same sports, went through the same experiences going to college, post-grad. So we thought that sharing some of these with you would be very relatable. So second takeaway, exercise is more than just physical activity. And I think this means more now than it never has before. Back in high school, that's all you think about, right? You're playing sports to win games, to win, to, to, to you know, wins and losses, to be the best with the competitive competition and to, where the competitiveness comes out of you. Um, what I've learned from college and from post-grad is that more than anything, the reason why I exercise is mental versus physical. And, and the physical benefits are just the extras. They're the, the bonus. But um, especially in our day and age now with social media, with all the stresses we have in our lives, with work. Being able to get outside and do something every day, whether it's outside or inside, sorry. Being able to do something every day where you have complete autonomy over, complete control over. Whether, you know, I wake up every day and I know if I go and do this workout, I will feel better about myself. And then I have the option to either go out and do it or not do it. It's it's, it's a whole new meaning when you're able to accomplish that task. So for me, it's been a much larger mental benefit than it has been physical. So when you're thinking of doing these exercises, it's not important. You don't, you don't have to, you know, step on the pedal and, you know, go 100% and, you know, kill yourself every single time. Go out for a long walk. You know, yeah, Go out sometimes, and
1: stretch. And also it's good to note that sometimes it's going to suck and you're just going to barely get through the workout. You're barely going to get through that run or maybe you'll walk part of it too. But you still did it. You still went out maybe you cut it short even you like your plan is to go out for seven miles you only make it to mile two and then you realize i'm i don't want to be doing this right now and it's okay at least you went out you put on your shoes you put on your workout clothes and you tried and, um, but yeah, sorry, sorry to interject.
0: But then on the other side of that, right, you go up for a seven mile run, get to mile two, you don't want to do it.
1: Yeah, that's and true. And you
0: fight through.
1: That's true. Right? Okay. And <laughs> yeah. And that
0: feeling after is like, holy smokes, like I feel amazing. I did something I, I didn't think I could, I could accomplish.
1: That's very true.
0: So again, the mental thing is, is on both aspects of it. And, and it's, it is the, at least at this point in my life, it's probably the a hundred percent point of, of, of my exercise.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm all right so last takeaway from all of this and for those of you who are still listening we know this has been a long one we kind of didn't set a time limit because this is we've got a lot of ground to cover here and we really appreciate you guys sticking around to the end um, about an hour into this podcast Um, but yeah so last takeaway here we have for you is that nothing works unless you do and that's definitely a quote by somebody and I should give them credit in the description box. So we shall do that after we finish recording. Um, but like John was saying, consistency yields the best results, not just in exercise, um, but in the in various aspects of your life. And I think building habits, uh, it's a skill and exercise is one way to be- to develop that idea of habits. And then if you are able to like get down a workout routine or get down like going for a walk during lunch, you can feel more confident in knowing that you can trust yourself to build other habits in life. So it's almost like it's just like making your bed in the morning. That's the first thing that you got done. It builds your confidence a little bit. It it just gives you a little bit like, oh, okay. I did that. Now let's go crush something else. So it's little incremental successes that you build into your day. And even though like isolated, they might seem insignificant. But when you put them all together, you have got quite a wonderful life of habits. And that's all I have for you guys.
0: The wise words of a wise woman. I love that comparison, but um, you're, you're absolutely correct. I mean, nothing. Nothing works unless you do, it and and the consistency does yield amazing results in all aspects of life. So. Again, everyone, thank you for those of you who made it this far.
1: Thank you so much. If you've made
0: it this far, shoot me a DM. Maybe it's a, piece of a surprise gift for you. but Or
1: shoot me a DM. Who are they going to DM first? Tofu
0: Talk pod. Oh, yeah. Tofu shoot talk. us a oh, not
1: Not just John's personal Instagram. Um,
0: But we really do appreciate it. If there's anything we can do to help you in your lives in in, in any aspect, feel free to let us know. That's what we're here for. That's what our, our ultimate goal is is to be. So we appreciate you tuning in today.
1: Thank you so much and we hope you have a wonderful week um, and keep working on building those habits and we'll catch you next week. Bye.